The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. From the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to give back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your father is merciful. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our gospel proclamation comes from the Holy Gospel of St. Luke in the sixth chapter, verses 27 through 36, and serves as the basis of our theme for the seventh Sunday after the Epiphany, Living like we can in him. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If you're a preschooler, hugs, not slugs. If you're an elderly 70s hippie, hugs, not drugs. And if you were in the military, tell the truth and you're bulletproof. The world is full of quick sayings we use to modify behavior and hopefully make it a more polite society for everyone. I can just imagine how many of you have and live by them as best you can. Oh, by the way, trying is lying is another one. As much as I would like to stand in this pulpit and tell you I have all the answers to life's problems with simple one-line, easy-to-remember admonitions, the truth is I don't. Life is imminently more complicated than that. Even preschoolers lack the discipline to obey consistently, no matter how consistently we encourage them. Today's passage is a direct continuation of last week's lesson, basically a part de, if you will, Jesus may have been saying at the beginning of this text, to those who heard about my blessings to bless others, you will be able to do this week's lesson. So let's check it out and see how we're doing. Our enemies are at it again, disparaging our God, demonizing our culture, and plotting against our freedom, seeking to replace it with their fundamentalist religion. How are you loving them? I know I'm having a difficult time. Then there are the people that are verbally abusive to us. They call our hearts evil 
and falsely share in public and on the internet that our hearts are set against the very people we love and serve every day? Are we speaking well of them? Now, I know no one has taken a swing at me since I was a kid. And I imagine that most of you are able to avoid violent altercations as well. And I can't imagine anyone is stealing your clothes. But if that is happening or recently has happened to you, I would be the first one to help get the police involved rather than give them the rest of your clothes or just let them keep beating you. In fact, I emphatically work against those abusers every day and have passionately in the past. In Green Cove Springs, we had a woman's battered shelter where we would take abused women from the community to be saved from abusive husbands, family, and boyfriends. I even had a favorite elder that was about six foot five and solid muscle at 250 pounds that knew it was his job to go with me to rescue the women and stand there intimidatingly if the abuser tried to stop her from leaving. Then we could take her to the shelter, which was secured by an electric fence with cement walls and double security doors, all monitored with cameras because the abusers were that aggressive and even occasionally armed trying to get their women back. We would help the women making sure they had their medical needs, clothing needs, and help them find new housing in new communities never to be found again independent because they had the career skills necessary to never go back to the abuser again. I would never let them continue to be abused or stripped naked again. I would fight hard in concert with the authorities to make sure their abuser was abated, never to hurt anyone again. So today's passage confuses me to no end. What about those circumstances? What about the reality of us being able to do so little, of, if any of it? Why did God inspire Luke to put those words to paper and preserve it for 2,000 years when he knows, even better than we do, that we will not always be able to do it? I personally come from a world that if someone told you to do something, then you could be reasonably expected to do it. When I joined the army, they would introduce us to all sorts of training. I was handed a weapon I never saw before in person, only in the movies. I was told I could hit a moving target over 300 yards away, and I was told I could break it down in pitch black conditions if it jammed and get it firing again. All of it as equally unbelievable to me when they first said what we were going to do as hearing this text today. But then, over weeks of training, intense scrutiny, encouragement, and finally testing for the training, I found could do exactly what they said I would do, and still can to this day. Then they showed us the obstacle courses, the field bayonet training, the chemical warfare gas chamber. Now, I certainly can't do any of that anymore. Old age, intermittent asthma, and bad back and knees, you know. But I could then, even though it seemed impossible at first. Then there was college, career training, seminary training, Greek, Hebrew, preaching, and the like. All of it so overwhelming at first, but now miraculously underwhelming and manageable on any given reasonably good day. So all of this has tricked me into believing most of what I'm encouraged to do should be doable. 
And why wouldn't that be any different if I'm being encouraged by none other than Jesus himself? And yet here I was this week, looking at this text in real terms and realizing, I can't do this. No one can. A simple summary made it clear to me. Verse 27, do well. Verse 28, speak well. Verse 29, take abuse well. Verse 30, let what you value go well. Verse 31, reciprocate well. Do, speak, take it, letting go and reciprocating well are not really in my wheelhouse at all. Too many times in too many ways, I don't do any of these well, let alone do them at all consistently. Devotion to God's word is so important so we can see ourselves in God's family every day. So, my translation partners and I all dove deeper into this text and talked about it until I saw something I have never seen before in 21 years of translating God's word and this passage at least four, if not five or six times before. When I reread, love your enemies, act well to those who are enemies to you, I remember when Jesus, looking on the sinners he came to save, who would soon be screaming for his crucifixion before Pontius Pilate, he had compassion on them and loved all the people. When I reread that we are supposed to speak well of those who talk you down and pray for those who verbally abuse you, I remembered the people at the foot of the cross scoffing at Jesus, saying, he saved others, let him save himself. If he's the Christ of God, his chosen one. And the soldiers who guarded him, you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. Mocking him, even with a placard on the cross to that effect. Even the criminals by his side, both hurling insults at him. And one saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. All Jesus had to say for all their verbal abuse was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. When I reread, to the one striking upon the cheek, give also your other, and to the one who is taking your cloak, give also your tunic. I remember the men who held Jesus in custody, blindfolded him and struck him again and again, saying, prophesy, who is it that struck you? Then I remembered the soldiers casting lots for his tunic because the tunic was seamless, woven from top to the hole. So they said to one another, let us not tear it. Let us cast lots for it to decide whose it will be in order that the scripture might be fulfilled. The one saying, they divided my garments among themselves and they cast my lot for my clothing. So indeed, the soldiers did these things. That was when I realized that it was never on our own, that we were ever supposed to be able to do these things. It was always by Christ's power, presence, and undivided devotion to us that we can do these things. Thanks be to God, we don't have to depend on our training and experience. We don't have to rely on our courage and faithfulness. We no longer need to struggle and worry that we are not good enough or competent enough to get the Lord's work done. 
We don't even have to understand completely everything he says to us. All we know now is we can live a life in the shadow of his daily love and drink deep from his words that quench our inhibitions and water the seeds that he has sown in our hearts to go forth and be the people he created us to be by sacrificing himself on that cross so we live like we can in him. Amen.